there. You know what? Let's bring this bottle. <laughs> oh, oh, we're, we're starting already? Yes. All right. <laughs> What's up? It's Tara. Yeah, it's Shannon. And it's Chief. <laughs> Let's get it. So, TV on air. Let's, uh, so what you got to get? What's going on with you? Tara's going to start this one off because uh, we ended on accountability and some other things. We kind of just jumped around. Kind of uh, just to let y'all have a little insight on who we are, um, things we dealt with. So it kind of gave us, you know, I felt like it made a, you know, made the audience a little closer to us to know the things we've been through. But um, yeah, might so, want to grab that uh, black glass of uh, champagne or whatever <laughs> that it is wine right there. there. So my biggest thing is learning how to say no. But typically I say yes even when I don't want to say no. So uh, over the weekend, um, so I had bought a 9mm gun, you know, wanted to learn how to shoot it. We went, me and she went shooting, whatever. I felt like it was a little too powerful. So my girlfriend ended up having a 22. I just love the way the 22 fit in my hand. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Anyway. But actually, so, I, mean, I wanted to get a 22 eventually, but long story short, is my baby daddy been trying to get at me about my gun for forever? Sidebar, Sissy, the 9mm. She hasn't even bought like the 22. He wants yes. me to. He wanted me to sell to him. So but she hasn't thing, even bought the 22 yet. This I'm is what I told her. How can you sell your gun if you haven't got the other one yet? Right. So he has been begging me, keeps begging me, and, and it's just like, ugh. So he's like, well, at least sell to me in payments. Mind you, the last conversation we had about the account. <laughs> shut up, shut up. I wish y'all could see Shannon's face. <laughs> so the whole, the whole, about the whole accountability thing and Tom, and the whole conversation we had last week that aired, or technically it's aired this week, um, you know, where he screwed me over. And I was just like, I was so tired of him, him asking for it. I was like, fine, whatever. But as soon as I ended up giving him the gun or whatever, you know, got the paperwork, you know, to put it over into his name, like, I just didn't, I didn't feel right. Like, something inside me was like, wait, hold up, what the fuck is you doing? Like, we've been down this road before where you've helped this person, and this person literally, like, just fucks you over every time. Like, I didn't like myself afterwards. Like, as soon, literally as soon as he drove away. I didn't like myself. I felt like something was off. So eventually I had hit him up and I was like, look, I can't tell you. My God, like I just don't feel right. You know, yada, yada, yada. And so forth. And I told him, I was like, you know, I've loaned you money in the past. You screwed me over. I just don't, I don't like the way that this feels. So he's like, okay. So on Sunday he had hit me up talking about, well, can I get $20, you know, for gas? So I can come bring you the gun. Let me ask you a question. Just caveat before you get past that. Any, is he dating somebody? No. They have a job? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, I told him no. So he continues to ask me for the money. And I'm like, I'm not giving you any money. He's like, just loan it to me. I'll pay you back when I get paid on Wednesday. I'm like, no. I feel like you're a grown-ass man. You should have $20 to pay for your own damn gas. And if you don't have money for your own damn gas, then maybe you should go get a second, third, fourth, fifth job, whatever. Why are you asking me for money? I got four mouths to feed. I guess this is kind of like the thing I should ask myself before I even sold him the gun. But anyways, I wasn't thinking. Um, I was just annoyed that he kept asking me, so I was okay. So anyways, uh, he kept asking me for the money. And I'm just like, no, no, no. And so finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to come pick it up. He's like, okay, cool. 
The gun. The gun. So I drive from Mesa all the way to Avondale to pick it up. So he hits me up. He's like, are you coming? Where are you at? I'm like, well, I'm here. He's like, okay, well, hurry up. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I pull up. He's waiting outside. Throws the gun in the car. And walks Mind off. Mind you, there's four kids in the car. There's four kids. He throws the gun in the car with the four kids. Like on the front seat. And then walks off. Doesn't say hi to his kids. Doesn't say, hey, here you go. Nothing. And for me, I don't really care if you say, hey, here you go. Blah, blah, blah. You can set Let's the gun down. Safety. Just gun safety. <clears throat> right. You say something to your kids. You but you say something. Safety, yes. is the main thing. You say, you say something to your kids. Like, your kids are sitting in the car in the back seat. And you don't even, like, say, you know, like, unroll. Like, not even unroll the window because the window was unrolled so that they could see their dad. But typically, he'll open the door and give them a kiss. I love you. I'll see you later. <clears throat> like, none of that. Which yeah. makes sense. Right, which, which, which is what parents are supposed to do. Which, which is what parents are supposed to do. So I was really irritating. This kind of piggybacks off of the story that she was telling me yesterday why I had even told her the conversation earlier today. I kind of yelled at about it. Uh, but, um, yeah, but like to me, it's like, okay, if you're upset because I chose not to sell you my gun, I gave you, one, I should not have done it because I know how you are. And two, I gave you a valid reason why I didn't want to sell it to you because I don't trust the fact that you'll actually pay me like you're supposed to pay me in full. I feel like at some point in time, you're just going to be like, oh, I gave you $100, fuck this. And third, like, you want me to sell you my gun in payments, but then you're asking me to loan you money. So anyways, I feel like, and I was telling Chi, because I've been having these breakthroughs because, like, I, I had dealt with postpartum a lot with my baby dead. Breakthrough. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, Shannon. No, I'm where, not. Where I learned, I learned something about myself. One, oh, of our friends, Kiki, one of our friends, one of our friends, Kiki, used to tell me, like, you want to say no, but you just say yes. And I felt like at this point, it's like I finally yeah. took a step back and went on Sunday when he had asked me for money. I was like, I've had enough. Good. Yeah. I have had enough. And I think the thing that set me off, besides him even asking me to loan him the $20, is just like, it's just like, geez, like, all I feel like with this person is you see me as a money bank, and that's about it. Like, you don't say hi to your children. You don't, oh, we're, we're putting down something as accountability. Oh, he's uh, marking something off right now. No, I'm not marking <laughs> it off. Because this is, the reason why I'm laughing is because I've been sitting here, just to cut you off real quick. I've been... Since his last week, and I've just let stuff roll off of me because work was crazy with some of the stuff that's been happening or whatever. Uh-huh. And just thinking about this, um, the podcast, I was like, okay, I need to kind of get myself in a zone where I can go ahead and think and figure out kind of what yeah. we're going to talk about yeah. or just let it ride because pretty much that's why the podcast is called To Be Determined on Air. Like, we're going to determine it once we get here. Yeah. Realistically, I went and I bought this whiteboard today right. and I sat in my car after I bought the whiteboard and like stuff just kind of started running in my mind. I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, whatever, this makes sense. Uh-huh. And for some reason this makes sense. And I thought about this third and fourth one. Um, when I actually got to my house and I sat there for a second, um, and I got down with the gym and all that stuff, everything you're talking about has to do with the four things that I wrote down right now. Wow. Everything you're talking about. You're talking about it too. Because the first thing, yeah, because the first thing I wrote down was, how was your week going? Jeez, which was just like, well. let's go with the week, whatever. Right, right. You know, which is for everybody, like, yes. it's whatever. And then the second thing I wrote down was inner dialogue, because I was thinking about that um, we, earlier. Yeah, yeah we were talking about that too, yeah. And then the number three, perception versus reality. Ooh. Those two different things. Good shit. Um, and then number four, protecting your riches, protecting your riches by burning bridges. 
Oh. Like so literally everything that you're talking about is going in absolute line with exactly what I'm sitting there thinking. But as I was saying, <clears throat> sorry, on the breakthrough part, which maybe this will align to your thing, was I had talked to Chi about it because before, like when I would ask my she son's wasn't dad, going to talk to me about it. Just so you know, let's just let her. Let's just put that out there, everybody. <laughs> she was trying to slide it by me. It wasn't but even she a slide. knew that she needed to talk to me about it because she knew. Me and her have had this conversation. It's just a sidebar. We have had this conversation about holding each other accountable for the things that we do. This was something that she was like, I know she has kind of been a little frustrated with me because she has consistently told me certain things and I have consistently did it the way that but I that's wanted that, to. But that's that uh, um, delusional part? Yeah. So it was Perception like... Yeah. So it was like... It was like, oh, well, I don't really want to tell Chi what happened, but I do want to tell Chi what happened because I want to tell her about the growth that I had. Mm-hmm. But she had to, she know I'm not just going to do bits and, bits and pieces. I'm the type of person, I got to have a full story. She had to have, a, it was a two-hour so, conversation while I was working so, and, and doing uh <laughs> But, okay, she stuff. can continue to tell you what happened. So, my growth that I had over the week... Um, was uh, originally I would get mad with my son's dad every time like I would ask for help and he would always tell me no and my thing is is you know I've been in the game for so long with this person that he's always told me no no matter how I look at it every time I've asked for help it's always been no it's not ever let me think about it I'll let you know I'll get back to you within a day Mm -hmm. it's always no 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 and so I think my first growth that I had had was on Thursday I knew I had plans on Saturday so I had asked my son's dad I'm like hey you know can you get my sons on Saturday for a few hours you know whatever and he had said no and typically I would throw a big old fit about it and instead I was more on the conversation of like I don't want your excuse is it yes or no like I don't care about anything else but yes or no I don't want to hear anything else so eventually he said no I said okay it's fine it's not your week it's not a big deal that was my first growth Mm -hmm. my second growth was learning how to realize to say no and the repercussions of me not saying no and how it makes me feel inside because I'm literally robbing myself of my happiness right. by saying yes. I need I want you to tell everybody how you felt the day that you get you made that contract with him for I felt and you, and you took the gun to him to you know what I'm saying? Like talk well, about he, that. He met, that he was up a, with me, but but that's a big that's a big step that I want you to kind of elaborate on of that feeling. Like, I didn't like myself. Like, I looked in the... I felt like me looking in the mirror, I didn't like the person that was looking back. And with this person, this person has always been able to maneuver their way around mm-hmm. everything and butter me up to the point where it's like, you know, okay, fine, I'll do it, fine, I'll do it. And at that very moment, as soon as that person drove away, I did not like the person that was staring back at me in the mirror wow. I'm like why would you do that you know you didn't want to do it and yet right. you said yes I was finessed I, I was, was finessed yeah. Yeah, I was finessed damn it but that's a life move like I'm a full advocate of if you don't like what it is that you're doing or you don't like what it is that you have to say yes to don't do it mm-hmm. whatever the repercussions wherever you have to deal with whatever you have to whatever you have to go through because you said no in doing it. Just say no. Just say no. Because you'll hate every second of everything after that. Right. Yes. So the smarter thing is just to be like, I'll just deal with the fact of saying no. Right. Like which, whatever war we got to go through, we just don't have to go through this war. Which right I way. did because the Cause war. It is what it is. The war was, he was taking it out on my kids now. 
Because one, I picked up the gun, and two, I wouldn't loan him money. Yeah. And and the, number one, you got an oldest one who sees that, and yeah, it's gonna affect him. But realistically, hopefully, he takes that and he moves in a different direction. Right. right. Number two, the other ones are gonna grow up, and they're gonna be like, you know what? Yeah, you're cool right now. Now I'm 13, 14. You're a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, and you've always been like this. Now that I think about it, because mm-hmm. kids are way smarter than we give them mm-hmm. credit. They do because so as I was, it, whatever happens with his relationship with them. I hate to say it like that, but it has to be the truth. Mm-hmm. Whatever their relationship is with them that they determine and they build and they whatever is whatever it is. There's nothing that you can do to make it better, right. to make it fantastic, to make them see him in a light that's all perfect and oh rosy and everything. It doesn't matter. Yep. Whatever light he wants them to, whatever light he puts himself in, regardless of whether he tries to flip it another color, right. the light, if it's blue, yep. they're going to see blue eventually. And if they don't see blue, they're going to be looking at this red light like, he's trying to throw me this red light, but mm, it look kind of off. Right. Something about this is off. Right. And they'll always grow up thinking that until they get old enough to be like, you're full of shit. That's what it is. I have a story for you guys, right? So I'm glad he said that. So I'm a daddy's girl, just so everybody know I love and adore my father. Um, But I remember turning 13, right? And my dad made a lot of broken promises. Because I had been a daddy's girl from, like, I came out to womb, you know, even though, like, I had a lot of heartbreak. He was actually the first man to break my heart. So, it was, like, even though he was the man that breaks my heart, you know, I still loved him. So, that has a lot to do with the backstory of why I am the way that I am. But, um, at 13, I remember having a conversation with my dad. And it was about a cell phone. This is when cell phones just got hot. Uh went from the big ones with the back on it but the back was a little bit smaller and slender it was a nokia phone i can't i remember like it was a phone with the uh yeah it was a little (laughs) long nokia with the yep perfect (laughs) and i was like i want this phone i had beepers already i was really spoiled anyway and so i was like i want this phone and he was like yeah but he didn't know how to tell me he couldn't give me the phone so I remember like weeks going, days going, it was either my birthday or Christmas, I can't remember, but he called me to talk to me. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, it was like, yeah, I couldn't, at my, at my age, I couldn't believe the things that had came out of my mouth at that moment. He called me, he's like, hey, babe, what's going on? I was like, why are you calling me? Ooh. And he says, excuse me, who are you talking to? And I said, I'm talking to you. And he said, you don't never disrespect me like that. What is wrong with you? I said, all you do is break promises. I was like, and you never keep them and you're a liar. So why are you calling me? That had to sting. And so he was like, I think you didn't lost your mind. That was his next words. I remember it like it was just that. I said, I didn't lose my mind. I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to my so-called father. Oh, (laughs) and he was like, Okay, well, I think this conversation needs to end before I come over there and try to kill you. Ooh. And I was like, do it. I don't care. Click and hung up the phone. Right? And I remember, <laughs> like, my dad was, like, so hurt that I remember his girlfriend calling me back and being like, what did you do to your dad? He's in tears. And I was like, good. He knows how I feel. Get off my line. And I hung up the phone. Now, mind you, yes, I always had a smart mouth. I always spoke, you know. Had, At 13, yeah. I, I, I couldn't even voice my opinion. Well, I mean, I was, I was very, I was, 
I, I, I have always been a kid that spoke my mind, even when I was shushed, because my mom used to smack me upside my head or pop me in my mouth, because I was really voiceful of anything or however feelings that I was feeling. To say this is not to say to be boastful like, oh, I'm a badass, but it's to say when you get a kid, when a kid get a certain age, they're going to be able to express themselves, and they're going to express themselves. You on the other end as a parent, how are you going to receive that? Because, yes, I I may have been wrong in my delivery. But was I wrong in my feelings? No, of course not. You get what I'm saying? You lied to me. You keep hurting me. You keep lying to me. You keep deceiving me. Do you get the pattern? So then I'm not realizing until I get old enough to take a whole self-help class to get my fucked up mentality together, right? That I was broken hearted from my father and I was going after a man who lied to me, who deceived me, who takes advantage of me. My father didn't take advantage of me, but he took advantage of my love because I loved him no matter what. You get what I'm saying? Like, no matter what, I loved him because that was my dad. That's my daddy. And once we got past that, and I remember like it was like a couple of, I think it was like a couple months later or whatever. I think my birthday or something had came up or whatever. And he finally had bought me the phone. But we had to have that hard conversation because that pain was there. But what happens is that it's imprinted in you and you don't know that you're carrying on. That. And that was that conversation kind of we had earlier how like my dad wasn't really there when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't come to my high school graduation. And mind mm-hmm. you, I graduated two years early with a scholarship. Didn't mm-hmm. come to my graduation. Didn't come to my eighth grade graduation. Like I felt like whenever I needed my dad, my dad was never there. And that's probably why a lot of relationships I've had with men. Mm-hmm. It's like they're not there and I'm accepting of it. And they're not doing what they're supposed to. I'm accepting of it because... I had to be accepting of that with my dad because I did love my dad. Yeah. But I've always set, looked and sought, like seeked attention from my dad that I would never get. And you know, my dad passed away t- about eleven years ago now. Mm-hmm. And it's like I always looked for validation through my dad, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm looking through validation through my for myself when it comes to just my daily stuff, or even with the kids with the younger boys' dad. It's like, I don't want the, I want their dad there for them. And so I push and I push and I push and I push. And, you know, that was that whole breakthrough when we had one on a girl's trip to Rocky Point where it's like, my sons don't really need their dad. Like, if he's there, great. Right. If he's not, I think it's not boys, the end of the world. I, 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 think, I think all boys need, need their father, but exactly. they need an example of a father. Like, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Somebody who's going to actually stand up for him. So, I mean, that's like, that's the thing. That's the thing. And, and, and it's, it's like, hard. I don't, like, you know me. Like, I'm like, I don't really want to, like, bash these guys because... But it's not about bashing, it's about being honest. It is about being like, honest. Like, if I was a shit father to my son and somebody didn't tell me I was a shit father to right, my son... Right. But sometimes it's like... Knowing I'd probably be, if I was I in that mindset, I would probably be horrible. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, I, like, I wouldn't recognize it because obviously my perception of this reality uh-huh. is not the same thing that other people see. Uh-huh. Right. But realistically... Me as a person, how I am now. Yes. If I was being a certain way with my son that was destructive or not really caring or not really right. loving or not really present or whatever, and people were just sitting there watching it and not telling me, I would have a problem with that. Really though? 
We just talked about this. I'm sorry, guys. I swear I turned the thing off. I promise you I did. I hope that watch is uh, turned off too, man. Suspect. I did. Suspect. Sorry. I mean, just that. Just that whole thing. If you sit there and you have, you know, boys, it really is to me a thing. They need a male figure around because regardless of what, you know, a mother tries to do, you really need to have males, not necessarily his father there, right. but you need males that are around, that are positive influences mm-hmm. that he can see doing certain things. Because all males aren't going to do the same thing. But at least if he gets, if they get a certain group, a certain grouping of this guy does this and this guy does this well and this guy does that well, like those things all accumulate inside a person. Right. It's the same thing when I was in the military, literally. Our saying was always, you aren't always going to like the leadership over you, but guaranteed there's going to be something you can take from them. Right. Take that, leave the rest. Right. And right. I always take the best of whoever was our leader over me. I take it, uh-huh. whatever the great part was, and the rest of the trash that they had, because everybody has trash. I have trash. Every other leader I ever met okay. has trash. Except probably Gunny Garrapi, rest in peace. Like, literally, those individuals always had something that was powerful, and I used those things to sit there and create the leader that I became and even the father that I became. Right. But if I, as, you know, a boy looking at that similar situation, I I would need certain individuals, men, to come into my life and do that thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, women are powerful. They're great. They're amazing. They're everything else. But, but we they can't, can't be a man I and a woman. Yes. Exactly. You and can't be a man and a woman. Don't try. And even more so, my yeah, sons are half black. I cannot teach them how to be black. I can't teach them their clothes. I mean, Just I can read. Be good men. I, can teach, I can teach them what I can read, but that, you know, I mean, obviously I can teach them how to be good men, but I can't teach them how to That's be a man. Just, yeah. Just teach them how to be a good man from a woman's perspective. And then just have other, when you have men around them, mm-hmm. make sure those men are worthy of the attention that you're giving them. Right. That's it. Awesome. So, so how, how was your weekend, or your week, Shan? My week was weird. Like, <laughs> stuff at work was, stuff at work was kind of going sideways on a couple of things. I mean, I finally got it back on track. Um, back on track today. For the most part, no. Yesterday, and you didn't reach out I, for help because it wasn't anything anybody else got. Uh, it was more so just like that thing I talked to you about earlier today, right? Um, having that meeting and talking to those individuals. That's why I didn't put you on the call because those individuals are essentially individuals that they're already at times frustrated enough just talking to me because they don't really want to be doing what we're doing, right? So if I had thrown somebody else in there and you asked any of the questions I had already asked, they just would have went, they just would have blown up. Mm-hmm. So instead of going that route, I just went the total route of I'm taking control of this. This is where we're going. This is our timeline and this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. If anybody Perfect. has any questions, say it now. You don't? Cool. That's what it is. We're getting this done by Monday. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is what I need from you, from you, from you. And that's it. So everybody knows what their responsibilities are, everybody, whatever. But it was like last week, it kind of felt like it was getting away from me. Mm-hmm. So I take today to, to wrap everything all the way back in. Up right. And kind of wrangle it back in. Wrangle it back in, yeah. The other stuff was just, you know, turning stuff in. But that's all work stuff, life stuff. I mean, Jay is getting ready. They're getting ready to go back to school. Yeah, it's like in October. Yeah. Stuff. yeah My son's doing too. that. We did a little senior night yesterday. Um, so we were talking about um, the lady from Justin's was like doing a little FaceTime thing or whatever. And uh, we went ahead and we sat there and we listened to that. 
put the pricing together for all that Tapping stuff. Tapping gowns like, and stuff like tap, that. Tap, gown, <laughs> ring, like... So girl ring. I bought him a jacket. He didn't know yet. He didn't know. He don't know. I brought, bought him a jacket. Yet. Mm-hmm. But I bought him a jacket to uh, go ahead and put his letters on. Now, have you decided what you're gonna do for his um, graduation? Because you know, I think that Damien's no, graduating from eighth grade. Yeah, Realistically, we don't even know because we don't know how this well, whole thing is gonna turn out. Um, I know his graduation party is gonna be in Detroit. So automatically, me and his dad has already talked about that, like everything, uh, because both, most of his family is there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he has like that family here, but no, but that still makes sense. Yeah. So family. yeah. So um, we have not, because somehow a junior English class slipped by my son's schedule. It absolutely makes sense. Please <laughs> stop, stop you, <laughs> So I'm frustrated. I, I absolutely get. I absolutely get that um, parents are definitely supposed to be involved. Mm-hmm. We're definitely supposed to be looking at our kids' schedule, making sure that they're you know, taking classes they're supposed to be taking. That's what we're supposed to do mm-hmm. as parents. We're supposed to be involved. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> these, he said but. <laughs> like, counselors are definitely supposed to be looking For at sure. these things. For sure. And bringing these things up before your son becomes... A, a senior, senior, for sure. And then it's like, oh well, you're you're in your senior year. You only have this. You only have these classes, and you need to take this class so you can figure out how to fit it in. Yep. So you either got to take this class out that you might have got extra credit for. You got to take that class and <laughs> put on, it wherever. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's ridiculous. It's like, bro, so when he we didn't find out until he went to school and he got his idea, and he was like, "This is wrong. Why does it still say 11th grade on here?" Exactly. And they were like, "Oh well." You uh, have, um, there was like, oh, you have an elective class that you didn't pass, and you have a junior English class. And he was like, what? I've been, he was like, no, no, no. He was like, y'all can look at my GPA. I have literally had the lowest I ever had was maybe a two five. I've always been two five or above a three, you know. And he was like, that just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, it doesn't. And I'm like, how did you look? So we had to fit it in. He has to get it done by November mm-hmm. to get credit for it. Then we can start with the senior stuff. Because, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, really? That shouldn't even be something. It's I just, mean, it's ridiculous. Guess, but right. it's just like, I'm like, okay. But like I, thought, I said, you should have reached out to me. And over the summer, even if he his computer was broken, you still should have reached out to me. And he could have did that over the summer. Exactly. And did the junior class over the summer. So exactly. that he, you know what I'm and saying? And that's how it should have been. Like, okay, well, you but, need to take this over before when last year ended. Right. What's your counselor looking at? Right. And she's know, such a sweetheart. And I, and I told her, I was like, but whatever. But juniors, what's wrong with this? Yes. And like, she, like, she's such a sweetheart. And she's really young. But I was like, yo. Like, no wait excuse. a minute. Like, no, there's no. Like, we need to get this figured out. She was like, Miss Irwin, I promise you, I'm going to get it figured out. Like, he's going to graduate on time. I was like, if my son don't graduate on time, it's going to be smoke in the city. I was like, you have no idea. I said, because I have been that parent <laughs> that's been on, you know what I'm saying, involved since he started his IEP. So you can't say that I wasn't there. You I can't say. I just want the IEP plan. That's what I'm saying. So how, like, like I said, I can understand so, you telling me. How did it that, fall between the cracks? Exactly. So that's what I'm like. How can you tell me that he's having a problem with this? I can understand his electives because he like, I'm like, because y'all didn't put in his head 
that his curriculum is the most important instead of making sure that his electives is just as important. Right. So I can I can get your frustration frustration because I was I frustrated myself with the whole situation yeah. for sure. It's like um, it's an elective, bro. And that's what I like said. Like that's what I said. Yeah. Right. Like, that's what I said. Elective. I'm like, so what if? Like but then I told, like, he didn't. But with Andre, Andre is an energy person just like me, so he has to like vibe with his teachers. Oh, there, goes, there goes the Aquarius in y'all. Exactly. So it's like, if I don't like you, I can't sit here and what, what are you gonna tell me? Like, no. <laughs> so it, it just was a. It, it was cool. I, I Anything else? With Jay? <laughs> I, I guess I guess me and Shannon should be ever so happy that uh, you like us then with your damn Aquarius ass. I, that is true. You know, going on with that elective bullshit, I'm so sorry, but I feel like with high school, they don't teach you shit about the damn fucking real world. They don't. No. But, but they got some class. To. They're not. You're supposed to figure that out. But I feel like. Your parents are supposed to teach you about the real world. Yeah. They are. High school is supposed to teach you about school. school. Yep. Exactly. But I feel like with high school, sh- high school should be a little longer. I feel like high school, there should be some type of trade after high school or even during high school. Shannon is shaking his head and saying no, yeah. but I feel like there, there should be. be. No. Like, why are we not teaching you that? Because should go to school longer. think that's okay. You can do that as a parent. Like, as a parent, you literally can get your child hooked up with somebody else and be like look after they go ahead and do school they're gonna get with you and they're gonna but they do trade. offer trades and though. that's it so they do offer trades like so since you, wait because i went to a well no because i actually my do. first year they my first year my first year yeah but in high it's school they have even trade. yes yeah. it's called even you just have to yeah, you, you have, have to sign up for specific it specific schools though. oh yeah. wait never mind i went to school for the homeless kids oh No, I'm so serious. So nothing wrong. Uh, we, we're not making fun of homeless kids. No, no. So, so, <laughs> so. so uh, long story short, it's like I didn't really have good role models growing up. My dad obviously is pretty much MIA most on and off my life. That's probably why I have like daddy and boyfriend issues. Another story. Next episode. But uh, so <laughs> story short, I was uh 14 years old. I, I I lived in Minnesota. My mom was really you know poor and homeless we literally lived in a tent um so at 14 years old I literally lived in a tent I slept outside in the tent every night until one day my mom decided to end up leaving and she left me there on on the campground when I was 14 I went yeah I went into a foster care system like the police found me and I had no shoes on like I just had the clothes that I was wearing so I ended up going to the foster care system um, and I was in foster care for a year, so my first freshman, uh, first year of freshman school, I was in a foster care system. That was so backwards, first year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm dyslexic, just so everybody knows. <laughs> so, first year of freshman school. <laughs> so, so my freshman year, my freshman, <laughs> you know what, shut your mouth. My freshman year, I, I actually was in a school, my first time being in a school for a whole year and not moving. And uh, yeah. my shortest time, actually, I was in school for two days. So, yeah. Two days. So, until I was 14 years old, I had an extremely rough, rough life. But, so my first year of high school. And you was a freshman. I was a freshman. There you my go. grandparents <laughs> ended up actually adopting me. Uh, well, my grandma went to adopt me. My mom ended up losing custody of me. Mm-hmm. Long story short. And so, in Minnesota, my, mom, my grandma... Flew from Arizona to Minnesota to pick me up and take me back to Arizona. That's why I've been in Arizona since I was 14. And so I actually was going to enroll in Palo High School, but I decided not to. I wanted to go to the school with my sister, which was actually a homeless. It was a school geared towards children that were homeless. 
um, because my sister, my mom, our, most of our life we were homeless on the street. So you was with Titi. So I was. I went to school with my sister Titi because I knew I could get a, a scholarship that route, even though I had grandparents, I you know, you. and I had a full house. I wanted to be at that time. I wanted to be a nurse, and I wanted to be humanitarian. Like I just wanted to travel to other countries and you know meet with people and you know teach them that there's a, a better way of life. And so I think that's that. No, you can still do that, right? I can still do that. And I would love to when my children get older. But um, so I did actually go to school for homeless kids, but we didn't have trades or anything like that. I just doubled up. For me, I just doubled up on my classes and graduated three months into my, uh, what is it, junior year. I don't want to say third year of school because you guys all make fun of me. But we didn't didn't have trades, though. I literally went to they still school. Had trades, man. Well, they did, but since I went to a Just homeless went to school, a different school yeah. right? And the school I went to in Minnesota, I, it was one high school. There was no trade. It yeah. was one and, high school. In Michigan, they got trades. Uh, yeah. What these trade they do is called EBIT, or uh, and and they have uh, culinaries in there. You have uh, um, be, um, you can be a beautician. Um, you no, we nails. had we had you a. We had a, a, a school full of uh, kids that were selling drugs in the uh, detention. Wow. <laughs> Just to kind of be honest and stuff like that, you know? Just slinging drugs to each other. Yeah, so um, we literally, we, we, I didn't have a trade. So for me, I kind of felt like, you know, these schools should have trades, but obviously I didn't go to a traditional school, so never mind. <laughs> I mean, even tradi- most traditional schools don't have trades. Most traditional schools are just school, you know? Right. Normally, you have to go ahead and be, what's good? Normally, you have to go ahead and, like, actually go to a school that says, hey, this is a trade school. So right. So, you go through teaching your traditional courses, but you literally can go ahead and take classes on welding, too. Right. You know? So, you can come out with a certification and just go do your thing, which, in all honesty, would be a fantastic thing. I mean, it's also, it's kind of like when, back in the day, when I was in school, Literally, we had shop class. You know? Yeah, yeah. We'd be sitting there doing stuff as it deals with that. And now, but when you talk, but I mean, my son takes engineering classes now, so there's a trade-off. Right, but when you talk, when you talk about for parents, if you want your kids to learn a trade, parents should teach them. Teach them. I didn't have parents to teach me. No, 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 no. I absolutely, I absolutely get that. I absolutely get that. And that's where the, that's where the. I didn't learn how to cook until I was 18. That's where the problem, I think that's where the problem really comes in. Like, yeah, that's where the problem is. Because, I mean. So, did anybody else, like. Oh, sorry, y'all. Let's introduce. Who that is? Who that is? Let's introduce. I'm sorry. I'm just joking. We got a guest. Introduce yourself. Hey, um, kiddo. (laughs) Oh, kiddo. (laughs) Learn to the wise from the kid. Here we go. out on the, the, the section where I was I was a foster kid growing up so until I was almost 14 years old of age I kind of was in and out of homeless shelters and you know um, group homes and stuff like that not because I was a bad kid just because my mom couldn't hold it down so the shortest time I was in high school was or not in high school but in school was two days and by the time I went into the foster care system at 14 it was the first year and probably the best year 
it was a hard year, but it was the best year that I had because I actually was able to stay in school and stay focused and I had a livable situation where I didn't have to worry about the lights getting cut off. So when we were talking about how parents nowadays should be teaching their kids, I didn't have that. I didn't learn how to be an adult Mm -hmm. until I was almost... You know, I was uh, just turned 20 years old, and it was my ex-husband's aunt who ended up taking me in mm-hmm. and teaching me what life, real life was about. And that was the first time I had a real job, and it was a nine to five. And I made at that time I had I was originally working at Kmart, making like five fifteen an hour part time, to making uh, I think it was twelve dollars an hour, working forty hours a week. I had no idea how to. To live because I was never taught that. I was always taught, you know, just work. Survival. Age. I was taught survival. Taught, taught I was pretty survival. much taught survival. And not That's only survival. that, but like the person that I was closest to, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, um, that was around in my life at that time was an escort. And no, I did not escort, not at all. But I, I, I had to live like that life where I was you know, living. I was like, hey. There's shame, there's no robbery. Get well, your money while you're bullshitting. I literally lived with, like, practically, I lived with escorts in a house, and I would I would be that square, as they call it, mm. um, and I would watch this shit going on, and all I knew was how to go to work and make money, but I didn't even know how to save. I didn't know shit about life. Like, I just never had that role model. So when I, I emphasize, like, school should really have that, we're talking about children that don't have parents like how Shannon is and I am today. I think it should she be an optional. I get, I get what you're saying. I think it should definitely be an optional thing. Like, what, a trade? What well, it tra- is now. They definitely should have trades trades in every school. It's just my, my opinion. But I think I they put too. so much little, they put so little money actually in the school. Yeah. In the schools in the United States anyway. Yeah. But realistically, that's a whole different conversation because right. we already know why that is. Ha- have, so, you, have anybody <laughs> been to a trade school? Um, I haven't. I have. Uh, have you? Yeah. So tell like us about my, it. Tell so, us about so like my high school Some is a them. vocational trade school. Vocational exactly. school. Yeah, so it's like done by vocational high school. Yeah. So when I left high school, I was able to leave high school Pretty much a journeyman as a carpenter. Exactly. Or I could have had like more than one major. You have to have a major to graduate. Like you have to. Right. You have to. You cannot. You cannot fail your major. trade. You okay. cannot. Like you cannot. Is it like a go. elective? No. It's okay. So no. do you like do normal classes? Yeah. And your then your you normal still... classes. It's away is, from the school usually. Like no no ours is like literally is a, a trade school. It's okay. like used to be. The location where all the construction workers can actually have to come to go to school to practice a trade. But the fact was is you had to achieve a trade in order to graduate. Now, did you have to pay for the trade school? No. Some fees. And like just regular high school fees, you have to pay your shop fees is what we called it. And and you have to pay your regular. So now you being in high school, did you have to have like a second, like a job to pay for that? Or your parents have to pay for that? Your parents basically pay for it. In a sense, because your trade can pay you. Our trade was able to pay him. You go do, you go do certain assignments, and then after certain much of assignment, then you have to get paid. Because okay. it's labor work, regardless. Okay. Yeah. So even, I, I was even, trying to figure out what it was called. Sorry, but I was trying to figure out what it was called back home, and it's a vocational school. Yeah. And here it's called EVET. Yeah. Yeah. So like, from 14, April 4th, 99. Ooh, back in so, oh, so that was my first day getting paid as a laborer. I was in Japan. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was in Japan. I was in my first year my, of. My uncle Vic was in Tokyo. Yeah. In that event. Yeah. That's good. Because he was sending me Echo sweaters. <laughs> Back then, <laughs> but that's that's, but that's crazy. Cause like I know, like back home, it was really easy. To, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's what my mom did was a, a trade. She went to a vocational school. She did nails, and really my mom though, she actually too. took care of us like that. Like she really made really good money. Yeah. You know, and and like people who do, it's called job core. You remember job core? Yeah, I heard of job core. Yeah, so it's real different too, cause like. When you're from that area, like a big thing in St. Louis was Job Corps. Yes. You know, a big thing in Detroit. Yeah. You got yeah. vocational yeah. schools and, stuff and like Job Corps. Yeah. Job Corps, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But also, that those are areas that I guess used to be because it's really not like that anymore. But right. I mean, like really, really big factory towns. Yes. You know, it's still, so it still used, is. So every, but the not Detroit like is. it was though. It's not, not as. Um, like, it, this is the thing. Okay, so. Is not as big, but those big three are still there. So exactly. Ford, Chrysler, and GM is still there. They just don't pay as much money. It's, so when my yeah. parents was working at living, living back in the day off of Ford, GM, when and you are my parents when they were when they yeah, was starting it. and yeah when they was starting they was start they would start off at like fifteen twenty dollars an hour now mind you back then that's a lot of that's a lot, that is a lot of money. you know what i'm saying because so in 99 it was I mean, as right these, so people these people would listen, <laughs> yeah right but i'm talking about starting off when, no, back when, in the day, that was a lot that was a lot, that of, was money. A lot of money yeah, yeah. so you gotta understand that uh that uh that uh what's the name that that uh minimum wage was like five dollars five fifteen. It was. It so was you're making 15. like fifteen dollars getting into the plant, and it was not easy to get into the plant. Okay, so you had to either know somebody that know somebody, or right. you was on a list, almost like Section Eight. So no, I'm dead ass serious. So when you got into the plant, those people didn't move, budge, nothing. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I'm not moving from my job. And they was in there for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. By the yeah. time those people was retiring, they was making $60 an hour. Yeah. Because they was in a union. Yeah. And union, they had raises every year. Back when unions went crazy. Right. So it was yeah. like, they would make so much crazy, money that, you know, it was, it was you knew, you knew who parents. In my school, you knew who parents was plant parents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because they had on the guest jeans. They had on the, you know what I'm saying, all the new, they had the coach purses, you, you know knew, what I'm saying? So You knew I was a foster kid because I had two outfits for the whole week. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I would wear those, I swear to you, I would wear those jeans like four times during the week so nobody would know I was a foster kid, but you knew I was a foster kid. But, you know. But you but just Do you know? feel like, be doing that do you now? feel like this? And I got money. As a, <laughs> <laughs> right. as a, as a kid, that you say as a foster kid or a kid who didn't have parents or whatever. Do you feel like you learned, I learned a trade in from from those things? Like just from growing up in various in the, just growing up in various households or various situations, did that give you a, a competitive edge as in a, a sense? Parent, it 
and it kind of hinders me in some aspects and I'm still learning, you know, that whole thing. It hindered me because I do so much for my four sons now that I'm constantly striving where I have to save, I have to save, I can't be broke, I can't be broke. I'm always trying to be better and I feel like at some point kind of hinders me in that aspect, but it does, I feel like it makes me a better parent because my kids have never known what it's like to go without food or, you know, I mean, granted, you know, at one point in time I had to mix, you know, milk with water and stuff but like I never gave up on my kids like I felt like with my parents they did with me cause my, uh, mom, walk, my think, mom walked out I think Tara did get a trade because I mean like shit she can do any fucking thing to be honest did. yeah like she's like dead I, I, I like, she can, like she know how to sew she know like she know how to use a sewing machine she know how to do a lot of shit like I'm I bougie myself like I'm sew. bougie as hell I'm not gonna lie like I told her she was like oh yeah I used to catch the bus bus swear bitch no I didn't catch the bus like you know what I'm saying like I've learned I've learned I've learned I wasn't riding no bus, bus. Well, my I, my school was like far as hell from my house. Like my mom was like, "You're not going to Henry Ford. You're going to Ferndale, right?" And I'm like, "Fuck that!" Like, uh-uh. Nah, okay, whatever. You you gonna take me? So the first week she was like, "Well, you gonna catch the bus?" And I seen it that bus ride, and I had to wait at a bus stop. I was like, "Uh-uh." I used to wait at my y'all think I'm joking. I used to wait at my school for hours for my dad to get off work. Girl. Because I will re- I refuse to get the fuck on the bus. Hannah, like I'm I not gonna to, do it. I had to hitchhike. Let, let's just let's just fast forward <laughs> a little bit. But I, I did actually learn a few things. Like I learned how to teach myself things. Like I taught myself Spanish, taught myself how to sew. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually I learned how to cook, you know, and all that. Eventually. And, She's still working on it, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean my opinion, this is my opinion. From <laughs> my life experiences. Number one. Number one, I may sound like I'm a former military and I'm a Marine when I say this because I am. When you struggle, you learn something about yourself that you'll never learn at any other point in time. When you're literally crawling through the mud and you're too tired and everything else and everything hurts and you're carrying heavy ass weight and all that stuff and you sit there and say, I'm not stopping until I get to the end. That's when you learn to pull something out of yourself that you never would have pulled out if you had had everything handed to you and everything was easy. It sucks when you're in the middle of it. It absolutely sucks absolutely. when you're in the middle of it. Absolutely. That's just life. But, but once think, you get to the other side, it's like, yeah, that stuff sucked, but I got these skills. Like, I can sew. I can cook. I can do this. I can do that. Makeup, like, mentally, I'm stronger yeah. than most people yeah. because I've been, I slept on the ground. Yeah. I've yeah. slept in these trash places. Now, when I'm sitting there and I'm sleeping in a Las Vegas resort and I'm sleeping in the hangover room, I can appreciate it there more than go. the normal right. person. Great. You know, Pass. so. And I think that's what I think the correlation between, like, the military in the streets it's, it's still a, it's still a rugged war yeah, it it's is. still both of them you, you face a rugged war in a sense whereas the military push you to the point of breaking you and show you can go past your breaking point and the streets take you to your breaking point and leave you with no choice but to keep going but to Come keep on, going so yeah. that's why that's why I look at that I say like wow I mean and, and, and when you come to and it's funny how it comes to the pit for a person you get 16, 17, it's one or two words. You, you about to go play in these streets and learn what you'll learn, or you're going to go to the military. Yeah. And, it, and it be it be either or. It'd be the either or. And I seen myself when I came to that crossroad, you know, it was a it was a plank. It was one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, mm-hmm. one, two, you know? The twos went this way. You know, the ones went it that way. So it was just like, it was just like in a sense, uh, some who went to streets, 
you know, they came out as, and now we're in our 30s or whatever. They came out with the same understanding that a song that went to the military did. You know, mm-hmm. fighting past that breaking point, really understanding different adversities you can go through and surviving. I think I think my breaking point with the whole struggling while I was young was, you know, at one point, you know, I was in college, I had a full ride scholarship. Um, I take the bus to you know work, and then I have to hitchhike home. And there was a point where a pimp and his hoe ended up picking me up, and I just prayed. Like I pray to God, I'm like, please, like, don't let him don't, kidnap me. Don't, yeah. kid, don't let him kidnap me. Like I just need to get home. Yeah. Like I'm a good girl. And then after that, like my life kind of started spiraling a little bit. Where at one point I was addicted to drugs, um, and I was living in a hotel room with one of my friends, and she was escort. And it was her trick that we were staying at, and I just laid on the floor and I cried. Mm. And I just cried. I was like, I can't live this life. Like, this is yeah. not the life that I want to live. Granted, I think I was like 19 at the time, didn't have any kids. I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was just like my life started to change. Yeah. Because it was like I, my whole life, all I remember was struggle. It was never having a roof over my head. It was, you know, but I wasn't really introduced to the, the vocational schools or I didn't feel like in my my family like I couldn't run to my family and be like I need help like somebody help me and me and she actually had this conversation where I had asked my stepmom at that time um if I could stay with her and she was like no she's like you don't have no money saved Mm -hmm. and it was like after that point it was like yeah that was crazy I know that I know how I know how that feels yeah it's like yeah like that's crazy because like I told her I was like I, I just I don't know like my mom being adopted and all types of stuff and I, she was a real like she was a go-getter my mom always and I had two parents that was like that you know what I'm saying so what I told Tara was like I was always chasing money like I remember chasing money from the time I was so little that I can like when that's how I learned how to count right was because my mom did nails and she used to pull the money because you know back in the day the old ladies put the money in their boobs <laughs> they put them in the yes boobs. they still do sometimes but put it in their boobs. yeah exactly so she, she would pull out these wads of money and that's you know what I'm saying and I would count her money and I'd be like looking at it and I'd be infatuated with it like oh I want this so I wanted that money. money. See, I, I, I just wanted money. Like, I knew it meant something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, literally, like, nobody really told me the meaning of it or the value of it. That's the biggest thing. Like, I never knew the value because I didn't, I was, I'm total opposite of Tara, but I was, I chose to actually, I chose the streets over actually having a privileged life. You know what I'm saying? It's a difference. I didn't have to be in the streets. I didn't have to do the things that I did. I didn't have to sell drugs. I didn't have to do none of that because my mom always made sure that I had that privilege life. I made sure that my lights didn't get cut off. We, I didn't know what, what going without food was. My mom knew how to work the system. She knew what she needed to do. So I never even knew nothing about that. And my father was in and out of our life for a while. So right. I wasn't, I didn't know about that. But I chose a different path that I didn't need to. So that's why I was, I was telling her, like, I just, you know, but then I was surrounded around so many great people who showed me so much different stuff. See, and I didn't get around yeah. great people until I hit 20 years old. Yeah. And even then, first was it was my bad. ex-husband's aunt, Marissa, mm-hmm. and she taught me how to be a woman, how to 
manage money, mm-hmm. how to actually have a job and work nine to five and realize that this is an okay life, how to get a car. Like I, I didn't learn well, that from my, my, my any of my well, my family. I didn't learn that from Well I tell Terry Did you know any of your other extended family? Then? I did. My family was in and out. Like my Asian side of my family and my dad's side was kinda yeah. they came around when my dad came around. Okay. And other than that, like if my dad wasn't around, um, they weren't around. This is kinda like why I'm so conflicted with my baby's dad Mm -hmm. because I want my sons to know the dad's side of the family. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm always still like gravitating towards that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, is that really healthy? No, probably not. But like with my mom's side of the family, it was pretty much my grandma who struggled because she helped my mom and then my aunt who was a drug addict. Since I can remember, she was on meth since I was a little girl. So, really, I didn't have anybody to learn from. With with like like being around people who Use drugs and you said it destroy it. Like for me, I'm gonna say this. Like my dad was a crackhead, all right? But like he was a crackhead. Like <laughs> we're not laughing but see, at crackhead. But but this the thing. I I I respect as coming up coming up in Chicago. I respected the game code. So it was like my mama sold drugs, but my dad used. So and it was a, it was a powerful. It was like my dad was head of our table, but my mama, she ran the show. Yeah. See, my sister tried to like hinder and shelter me from all of the stuff. Yeah. As a big sister, you know, and her seeing everything that was going on, it was like she always tried to push me this way. So like when I lived in the house with pimps and hoes and stuff like that, she's Pimpin like going, pimping and hoes. She's like going to the room, and I would walk into the room. Like there was a time. Where I literally was in a hotel room and my sister was escorting. And um, there was a trick that had came by and I'm studying for school. Granted, I'm like 17 years old, full ride scholarship. So I'm sitting in the bathtub, shower curtain closed, bathroom door closed, and my sister making her money. Like, so I didn't have to really deal with the streets because my sister would deal with them for me. So if I needed something, it was like, you know, sister, like I need... You know, some, a new pair of shoes or something, and my sister would go out and steal them, or she would go and make the money. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to ever worry about that. So, so basically, like, so basically, like, she was she played that, Mama, that parental, that yeah, mother, yeah, parental yeah. role. Yeah, she played the role she had to. Yeah, it, it was okay. It was it was pretty fun. Like that, that's kind of different, especially like uh, I can't say I can't say I'm a boy that grew up without a father. You know, I can't yeah. say that because it's like I had a father. Mission? But like mm-hmm. my was dad my dad was I had a dad as well. That was the funny part. I had a dad, but that came in and out. Last time my dad like twice a year of that, he come by um, when the electricity would get shut off and the landlord would call my dad because my mom didn't have a phone, didn't even have his number. Like that's how yeah, strange my parents were. Um, and then he would come by sometimes around when we needed school clothes, buy us two shirts, mm-hmm. two pairs of pants and two pairs of shoes and he'd leave out our life we'd see him sometimes around the holidays like my dad was pretty much an absentee parent so it was like uh, as growing up I always wondered what was like major necessities right it was like what's yeah. wrong with like why doesn't my dad right that's crazy and maybe that plays in a role with my whole relationships with men yeah, it's like why don't you why don't you want me like I, I, why am I not good enough like yeah. I have we about that. I graduated high school early I had a full ride scholarship I have a great job like yeah, this and that and it doesn't it have doesn't. anything it it all comes back to, and we're, I'm going to let, I want this to be like one of the last two things that's said because we come down to time and I don't want to, I don't want us to run into the wall on this one. Uh-huh. First one is the, 
the energy that you exude is what they go off of. It has nothing to do with whether you went to college, full ride, scholarship, right. any of that stuff, whatever. Energy is a real thing. That's why somebody can be a rape victim or something like that. Then somebody will literally be across the room and be able to be like, that's the one I'm going to mess with. Yeah. Right. We had energy, this conversation Because energy is a real thing. So right. it has nothing to do with any of the accolades or Talk whatever you've done in life. Transfer number energy. One. Mm-hmm. Number two, though, the other part of that is something that somebody said earlier today when I was listening, I was working and listening to a bunch of podcasts, whatever, something somebody said earlier today that really hit me. Um, as it, they were having kind of a similar discussion of what we were having right now as it deals with um, struggling life and everything else and kind of mentality and whatever. The dude said that you he thinks of it this way. Scars are the way that light gets in. So when you haven't really gone through anything, it's very hard you for you to be enlightened about stuff. Or relatable. Or relatable mm-hmm. because you haven't felt those certain things happen. Right. But when you get a couple of scars, that light from those scenarios, that scar from that scenario allows a little bit of light to come in. So now you're able to relate as it deals with those things having happened to other people. Right. Now it's happened to you. Right. And not necessarily that you want everything to happen to you and you want to be involved in every single thing. You don't want to go out and do drugs just to do drugs. You don't want right, to go out right, live on right. the street just to live on the street. But unless you want to be military like me and sleep on the ground and act homeless. No, thank you. Like, realistically. <laughs> I'm good. Like, I've been that's, there. That's one of those things. But literally, when you have those scars that happen, literally, yeah, it's painful and everything else, but it allows light to come into your life. So you're able to speak from a position of knowledge. Right. You know? like so it. I think that's powerful. That is yeah. pretty powerful. Yeah. That is. So that, that makes a lot of sense, Shannon. Because me and her was talking, we was talking about the transfer of energy. And I was telling her, like, hey, sometimes you may be feeling some type of way today. And you'd be like, I just need to release this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, release this. And be like, I need to release this. I need this out of me. And you find that person to pick with. Or you see that person. You know what I'm saying? And it could be like, you don't mean it. But it just comes out. And then, because you don't want to feel that no more. And prayer comes You don't want to feel that no more. So, I 100% get the seeking and, you know, and on another one we'll talk about. But, you know, I I was I was telling Tara, I, have, I was seeked out in molestation by multiple people who was uh, not just males. Mm-hmm. It was females involved in it, too. Yeah. So... I get, you know what I'm saying, that that whole thing, you know what I'm saying, that whole energy, that's why you always, always, always hear me, all of you guys always hear me, I have to protect my energy, Mm -hmm. I have to protect my energy, I can't just give it out or be around everybody, because I, it's, mine's is way too sensitive, and, (laughs) one thing, one thing I always ask myself, because, I like what people say as far as giving off different vibes or energy, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I always had this philosophy and I did a thesis on this every day. My thing was life experiences leaves us in emotional states that we personify in communication with others. Mm-hmm. So you may go and communicate with a person verbally, but communication is more than just verbal, you know, vernacular between two people. So I say the emotional state that you are in, it can be subconscious. 
And subconscious things attack us more than the foreconscious things because subconsciously we push it to the back, but our emotions, our brain waves, and our body language still do what? Reacts to them. Yeah. So when you say, when I do say I get nothing but I always talk to hoes or girls, I, I always talk to dog ass dudes. Yeah. Now you, you can say that, but. Is it that you still in the emotional state yes. of what you have caused yourself, relieved yourself, or even if you forgot about it? Yep. Because forgetting don't mean nothing. Because it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. That is. program is still, regardless of whether you've like walked away from the computer, the computer's still running. Yes. Exactly. The program yeah. is always running until yeah. you go to the computer and you change the program. Yeah. Exactly. Most people don't go to the computer and change the program. They just want to deal with what they can see. Start dealing with what you can't see. Right, that right. will change your life. Yeah, right, and that's that part that people be afraid of facing their fears. That's like when you say going back to the military, like that military of pow shooting by your ear get you over that fear of guns. Yeah, right. that take the pin of the grenade and throw it. They get yeah. you feel blowing yourself up. You have to go through different attributes to say. He can be, a, he really is a dog. And I know this is a dog and I'm not going to mess with this dog, period. Yeah. Steady saying, oh, he a dog and I'm afraid, but I'm a, not going to believe him a dog, but I'm going to say he a dog. That's not that's 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 a, a my red flags, <laughs> turning red flags <laughs> into green flags. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you you know one thing that we do have to all realize, and you know, we are coming to a close, mm-hmm. but um, is that we have to protect that. We have to understand that. We got to okay. know better about what it is that we're putting out there. So let's talk about it.